Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What is the new ACS Instrument Pilot Checkride going to look like? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by M0A.com and our number one rated online ground school, GroundSchoolAcademy.com. Complete private instrument commercial pilot online ground school and written test prep, now up to and exceeding all ACS Airman Certification Standards. The only course as of this recording that can proudly say that. You won't hear me say PTS or see the word PTS in anything. We've been working just crazy hours over the past uh, month making this happen, reshooting all our videos, and making sure everything is up to these new ACS guidelines that you've been hearing so much about. And that's why I really want to chat with you guys about today is what sort of changes are we seeing on the instrument pilot written test or check ride and, and kind of compare PTS to ACS and what it means specifically for my instrument pilot candidates out there. Now, what people don't realize, and I don't know where this marketing hype all came from, but the instrument written test has been changing slowly over the years. Everyone was really scrambling so hard to get their written test, or again, let's use a better verbiage, knowledge test. I'll explain why here in just a bit. But everyone was scrambling so hard to get those knowledge tests complete before this June 15th deadline, yet if you took that same, if you took that knowledge test June 14th, or you took the knowledge test June 16th, after the so-called hard cutoff date where they make the changes, you're going to get essentially the exact same test. What you didn't realize is they've been changing the test slowly over time. The FAA doesn't have the ability or the capability technology-wise to snap their fingers and just have that knowledge test magically change in one day. So they've been changing it, they've been taking away questions, and they've been rewriting a lot of questions to make them appear as if they are new questions very slowly over time. So if you've taken a knowledge test recently, you've seen these adjustments. You've certainly seen these changes. Now, what really has changed is how we prep for this FAA written test or knowledge test, as it should properly be called. After all, that's the name. Now, the reason being is just that, though. We've been calling it the FAA written test for so long. And how we've been prepping for this so-called written test has been we go out, we see as many questions and answers as possible, and we memorize them. It's just been rote memorization over and over that to the point that we're really not learning anything. We're just playing a game to see who can memorize the most questions and the most answers. And the FAA said, no, thank you. Gone are those days. We don't want a written test. We want to get it back to being a true knowledge test. So gone are the days of them releasing the question bank to test preparers like myself or John and Martha King or Sporties, whoever it may be gone are those days. They are not going to release the knowledge test question database to anyone anymore. 
That information is just held with them now. Now, they've released some examples of like type questions of what it may be, but they want it to be more knowledge test-based. Now, you may say, well, Jason, how do we prep for this? Or better yet, Jason, how do you, uh, an M0A.com, how can you better prep us for this knowledge test? Well, here's the secret. You cannot prep like you used to. Perhaps for your private pilot, you followed that just cram kind of mentality of let's just see as many questions, memorize as many answers as possible. When I see the number 23, I know the answer is red. You know, that type of stuff. Gouges that we've seen out there before. Those days are not only numbered, they're just done. If you truly know your stuff, you're going to be a-okay. How the knowledge test has changed is the questions have become more scenario-based. Better said, we've placed these questions now in context. Before recording this podcast, I just retweeted a tweet and then responded to an email. This week alone, we've had two 100% on our instrument pilot knowledge tests. I don't believe anybody else can say that with these recent changes that have happened because so many people are using antiquated previous PTS material to prep for this sort of stuff. And I'm I'm thrilled uh, that we've kind of hit a home run with our course right now because we've been prepping you for what we've been saying all this time, which is learn the stuff, learn the material. Gone are the days too. Listen, I we've been at this 10 years now, guys, almost 10 years. And I've been saying for the longest time that how you prep for the written test and how you prep for the check ride are two totally different things. But now, finally, I get to retract that statement. And I believe that how we prep for our knowledge test and how we prep for our oral exam of our check ride are becoming two very similar things now. It used to be rote memorization and the check ride was very real world applicable and the knowledge test, granted, it's not perfect, but it is certainly much more real world applicable than its previous PTS predecessor. It's changed so much. Now we can prep for the knowledge test as if we're prepping similar to how we would for the oral exam of our check ride. There's certainly, it's not set in stone. There's certainly some, some very distinct differences there, but how we prep is going to be very similar. Now that's the knowledge test. What though changes now on the check ride? You see, on the check ride, they say, well, again, it's going to have context. It's going to be more scenario based, but how was your private pot check ride? I would argue it was very scenario based. Plan me across country. Let's divert to this airport. Why'd you pick this airport? Do you have enough fuel to make it to this airport? What kind of airspace is this? Who should you be talking to now? All while flying the airplane. It's very contextual when you're, when you're moving, hurtling through the sky at 90 knots, isn't it? You see, I would argue that we've been doing ACS check rides all along. We've just finally given it a name. Good CFIs have been teaching to ACS guidelines for a long time. The FAA has just finally given it a name. Beyond the name of just scenario-based, context-based training, we want to make it real-world applicable. You know, the ACS, they've been testing it in the Orlando FISDO and the Seattle FISDO. The knowledge test results, the averages have been the same. The check ride pass rate, exactly the same. 
The number we're hoping to adjust the most is the data we don't have because it hasn't been tested and out long enough is the accident rate. Is having the ACS going to make us less prone to aviation accidents. After all, that is ultimately the goal. And I wanna to compare to you, and I wish you could see this, I've shared it on the ACS webinar we did, which is um, online on our YouTube channel on mzeroy.com if you wanna check it out. But I put side by side the PTS and the ACS for the exact same operation. It's task B, and it's simply an emergency approach and landing a simulated, engine failure. Let me read to you what the PTS says for a simulated engine failure. The objective is to determine that the applicant exhibits satisfactory knowledge, very vague term, right? Satisfactory knowledge of the elements related to the emergency approach and landing procedure. That's line number one. That is very subjective, isn't it? A check right examiner just has to say that you have satisfactory knowledge as it pertains to this particular flight maneuver. It's very objective. Maybe that examiner wants to see something specific that you weren't trained on or you weren't aware of. It's very, very subjective in the eyes of the beholder or the check right examiner. Two says analyzes the situation and selects an appropriate course of action. Three, establishes and maintains the recommended best glide speed, plus or minus 10 knots, selects a suitable landing area, plans and follows a flight pattern to the selected landing area, considering the altitude, wind, terrain, and obstructions, and prepares for a landing or go-around as specified by the examiner, and then lastly, follows the appropriate checklist. Now we see that, and you go, wow, there's a, there's a lot of words that are very vague. Exhibits satisfactory knowledge analyzes the situation, um, selects a suitable landing area. What defines suitable in the, and again, in the eyes of the beholder, in the eyes of the examiner. Now listen to the ACS as it relates the exact same thing. The objective, to determine that the applicant exhibits satisfactory knowledge, they use that again, but they're gonna explain satisfactory knowledge risk management, and the skills associated with emergency approach and landing procedures. Now, they go on and an entire 14 rows define satisfactory knowledge. Satisfactory knowledge is the applicant demonstrates an understanding of glide speed and distance, landing distance, hazards on an other than hard surface runway, a stabilized approach, energy management, wind condition and effects, density, altitude, emergency procedures, communications, ATC clearance deviations, minimum fuel, selecting a landing location, ELTs and other emergency locating devices, and radar assistant for VFR traffic. And you read that and go, wow, that's what satisfactory knowledge is. Satisfactory knowledge is taking in those 14 lines and applying it. And then number two on the PTS says, analyzes the situation and selects the appropriate course of action. The ACS calls that risk management and they define that risk management again in 11 rows. The applicant demonstrates the ability to identify uh, and assess and mitigate risks encompassing the wind. Failure to select a suitable landing area. Failure to plan and follow a flight pattern. Improper management of the task associated with the emergency landing. Low altitude maneuvering. 
stall response, collision avoidance, having the right of way in an emergency, obstacles on approach and landing, stalls and spins, failure to maintain the appropriate airspeed, best glide speed, minimum sink rate, and configuration during the landing descent. And then lastly, they add a new column called skills. I ha do I have the knowledge? We just learned that. Do I have the ADM, aeronautical decision-making, the risk management side of things? Then lastly, do I have the skills? The applicant demonstrates the ability to analyze the situation and select the appropriate course of action. And here it comes again, select a suitable landing area establishes and maintains the recommended best glide speed, plus or minus 10 knots, plans and follows the flight pattern, prepares for a landing or go around as specified, completes the appropriate checklist, and makes the appropriate radio calls when conditions allow. You see, when you break it down to, what do I need to know? What do I need to assess risk management-wise? And what skills do I need the ACS simply spells it all out for us. So how is your instrument pilot checkride going to change? Hopefully you read that and go, I don't think it's going to change a whole lot because I've been doing all of those things even though the PTS didn't physically put them down by name. They just put a term like satisfactory knowledge. And we just in the industry have learned what satisfactory knowledge certainly is. And checkride examiners and instructors just know what to expect and how to prep for these real world type of situations and scenarios. The ACS finally provides the blueprint on what that actually means. I'm a big fan of the ACS. I think it is going to greatly drop our accident rate. You look at the null report we dropped in 2013 by about 200 accidents. We stayed about the same for 2014. The data for 2015 is hopefully coming out soon and 2016 is off to a average type start. What are we going to do to make it different? What are we going to do to cause that drop in our accident rate? That is the big question. Guys, I appreciate, I thank you for listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast brought to you by M0A.com and our number one rated online ground school. Check out groundschoolacademy.com to learn more and figure out why we are the number one rated online ground school. Enjoy the rest of your day and most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.